and welcome to Moments with Moni. I'm so glad you're here, where we ponder life from a biblical perspective, where salt makes us thirsty and light exposes darkness. Come, let's ponder these things together. In today's section of Song of Solomon, this is the first time the Beloved calls the maiden his spouse, his bride, and then he uses the word repeatedly. It could be very well that the Hebrew word for spouse or bride comes from the root word to complete. Remember I mentioned that Solomon and Shulamite came from the same root word. We're seeing two become one. Matthew Henry wrote, As in an agreeable bride adorned for her husband, as in Revelation 21.2, who greatly desires her beauty, Psalm 45.11, no expressions of love can be more passionate than these here, in which Christ manifests his affections to his church. And yet that great proof of his love, he died for her that he might present it to himself a glorious church, goes far beyond them all. A spouse so dearly bought and paid for could not not but be dearly loved. Such a price being given for her, a high value, must be put upon her accordingly, and both together may well set us a wondering at the height and depth and length and breadth of the love of Christ, which surpasses knowledge that love in which he gave himself for us and gives himself to us. Revelation 21.2 says, And I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down from God out of heaven, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Psalm 45.11 says, So shall the king greatly desire thy beauty, for he is thy Lord. Worship him. Song of Solomon, chapter 4, verse 8. Come with me from Lebanon, my spouse, with me from Lebanon. Look from the top of Amana, from the top of Shinar and Hermon, from the lion's dens, from the mountains of the leopards. Thou hast ravished my heart, my sister, my spouse. Thou hast ravished my heart with one of thine eyes, with one chain of thy neck. How fair is thy love, my sister, my spouse. How much better is thy love than wine, and the smell of thine ointments than all spices. Thy lips, O my spouse, drop as the honeycomb. Honey and milk are under thy tongue, and the smell of thy garments is like the smell of Lebanon. A garden enclosed is my sister, my spouse, a spring shut up, a fountain sealed. Thy plants are an orchard of pomegranates with pleasant fruits, campfire with spikenard, spikenard and saffron, calamus and cinnamon, with all trees of frankincense, myrrh and aloes, with all the chief spices a fountain of gardens, a well of living waters, and streams from Lebanon. The beautiful poetic language of verses 8 to 15 continue with the beloved speaking of the beauty of his bride. He asks her to get alone with him, just as God calls us to get alone with him. 
His love for us far exceeds the love that we have for him. Do you remember the last time you got alone with Jesus and you were overwhelmed by his loving presence? His love far exceeds that of ours towards him. Your voice is sweet like honey to him when you pray to him. He bends down low to hear you when you pray. The life of the bride is to be as a garden, an enclosed garden, a productive garden, because of the love lavished upon it. Our lives blossom and flourish when Jesus pours his love out upon us. The lover of your soul is the only one that can enter the secret recesses of this garden. He is the one that enjoys the fruit of the Spirit that is grown in this garden. A heart needs tending, just like a garden. Do we allow our Heavenly Father access to this garden to water with grace and prune it with His Word? Do we enjoy the walks our Heavenly Father takes in the garden of our hearts as we commune with Him? This garden cannot be seen by the world. Our Savior is the only one who can enter the garden of our hearts, for He is the fountain that waters it. Without Him, our souls dry up. In biblical times, springs in the desert were sealed off or shut up because water was precious and belonged to the owner of the well. It is our bridegroom who owns us, that waters us and seals us to himself. A private garden suggests privacy. It's not a public park. Separation. We are set apart for our Lord. Sacredness. We are to be holy. God says, be holy, for I am holy. And for security. As a garden that is private, he respects us and doesn't violate that garden. Speaking of the garden, let's go back to the very first garden. Back to the beginning. Read Genesis chapter 1 and 2 for the account of the perfect garden that God created before sin entered the garden, before sin entered the world. The first picture of wedded life, and God called it good. It's important to keep our hearts tilled, the garden of our heart tilled, to pull bitterness out of there, to pull weeds out of there, and not let the world harden our hearts. Because that heart and the fruit that's inside of it That's there, that private garden is there for our Jesus. When we apply this to our lives or marriage here on earth, I know our society mocks virginity, but we should be guarded and protected as a private garden. It may have been given or taken away. Don't believe the lie that the devil tells us that just because a human relationship started in the wrong way, that God cannot redeem it. Our Holy One, according to God's plan, can cause repentance in the hearts. He can cause restoration in our lives. And through the work of the Master Gardener in our hearts and in our lives, He can prune, He can do the pruning, the weeding, the watering. Of course, we can fight that. And it'll be painful as he rips things out of our heart. Much easier to let things go, give them to God, 
repent, drop them at his feet, and let God take care of our lives. Yes, life is hard, but God is good. He's always good to us. When we allow God to work his will into our hearts, to transform us, to make us into more into his image, human and spiritual relationships can be beautiful things. As we continue in the chapter, it was the beloved who was calling the maiden to himself to spend time with him. And here in verse 16, the last verse of the chapter, the maiden accepts the invitation and says, Awake, O north wind, and come, thou south, blow upon my garden. Let the spices thereof, that they may flow out. Let my beloved come into his garden and eat his pleasant fruits. Yes, here the bride invites the bridegroom to come into the private garden of her life and take of the pleasant fruits that have been grown for his pleasure. She offers them back to him out of devotion and love for him alone. She is careful not to lift her soul in pride and accept the praise for the beautiful garden, for she knows it comes only from whom her soul loves. When the cold north wind blows or the hot south wind blows, or the winds of trials and adversities blow through and affect our lives in the fragrance affect our lives, the fragrance is caught on the wind. When last these winds blew through your life, Was there a smell of bitterness or envy or jealousy on the wind? Or was it the sweet-smelling aroma of worship and a sacrifice of praise for your God? Read Song of Solomon chapters 1 to 4 and spend some time with Jesus. Let him saturate your soul and let it overflow to your beloved and to all those around you. You can find Moments with Moni on any Apple or Android podcast player or at my blog, Moments with Moni, or on a new community Facebook group. Come join the conversation. Thanks for listening. God bless you.